0: So the U.S. for us is a, a very large market, if not the largest, um, and they get to benefit from the luxury that they're existing in a huge market in their own right. They don't have to think about Europe until they're quite late in their journey, but per your comments, in doing so, they grow a lot slower than everyone else. Um, I think one way we're encouraging to think about that earlier is by providing them with the infrastructure that they can just turn on like pricing in euros and accept a bunch of local payment methods in a region um, because whether they like it or not, European people are visiting their website that's just in dollars and are not paying in methods that they want. And actually being help, helping them optimize for that traffic might help them see the opportunity a little bit earlier. Europeans, uh, particularly those coming out of some of the, the smaller countries, obviously think about how am I gonna sell more broadly than this, much more, much more quickly. An example that, that comes to mind is a company like Pecon, which is obviously based out of Copenhagen. I know now I speak with uh, one of their co-founders, Casper, all the time, who's gonna give me some advice on our, our New York expansion just next week. But I know they've got local sales teams all over the place and have done for a long time, and they're growing like crazy. Um, and they've known that they've had to optimize for this very early in their journey.
1: Welcome to 14 Minutes of SAS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SAS scale-ups. This is the concluding episode of a two-upside interview with Harrison Rose, co-founder and chief customer officer of Paddle. He talks about how they're going to market and talk, where we're having this conversation, is a perfect event for them because of the high percentage of CEOs, CMOs, and founders of SaaS scale-up companies. Their attendees approximate very closely to their ideal buyer persona.
2: So it's a very horizontal play. Mm-hmm. You just fit into the stack. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there seems to be a virality in what you're doing. Um, I suppose two questions. One, do you find yourselves uh, periodically getting deep into different verticals, even though it's a horizontal play because of this virality And second? Is there a built-in virality in the platform in that when they sell on to their customers, do the customers know that they're dealing with Paddle and do they have a chance to try it look themselves or yeah. have a look at themselves?
0: It's an interesting question. It's, it, and it's probably a hard one for us to think about actually because I, I quite strongly believe if we're doing our job correctly, people don't necessarily know that we're there. We're powering the infrastructure for these people to be able to sell their product globally, and if we're doing a good job, they still have real ownership over their brand, over their end-to-end customer experience, because that is obviously so important to these SaaS businesses when it comes to acquisition, retention, all the things we know about. There's a lot more intelligent people than me that talk about these things. So I think that's us doing our job correctly, but in reality, it'll be great if everyone knew that we were doing such a great job of, of helping these people grow. I think the onus is on us actually to go out and tell the stories and hopefully rely on some of those SaaS businesses to to credit us with their ability to go to market. And I'm hoping we can get referrals in that way versus throwing our brand in the face of every single person that hits the paddle checkout because nobody wants that. Um, PayPal are an interesting example here in my view because PayPal, are something that lots and lots of SaaS businesses have had to implement because it's a very popular payment method. I think the way that they've got very big is that they have a huge consumer brand. Um, consumers want to pay via PayPal, they know that it's safe, they see it everywhere, they see the ads, and because they've got such a strong consumer brand, it's a prerequisite and it's necessary for businesses to implement their tool, even though they don't necessarily always, enjoying, uh, don't always enjoy implementing that tool and their APIs and all the boring stuff I won't get into. And okay. that's one way to approach this problem. It's not the way we're thinking about it right now. Instead, we want to be a B two B company building a fantastic tool for software businesses to run and grow that they enjoy using, and we're happy to sit in the background and not force ourselves upon anyone or in front of anyone in the way that maybe others have in the
2: past. So, so I guess in a sense you're old school, because you're B two B, you've moved up into the you're moving up into the enterprise very much so, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they're large, they're big ticket deals, mm-hmm. and hence I guess we're going to see more and more of you at events like this, mm-hmm. where you do get a, a, a very select and and you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of founders, a lot of major companies here. So uh, I guess it's, you're gonna be a bit old school the way you go to market more and more in the future and actually pressing the flesh and doing a lot of face-to-face yeah, uh, meetings. Is that yeah, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been interesting for us because we, we're we 150 ba- people based out of London. Um, we've actually grown exclusively via outbound sales um, for the, the seven years that we've, we've been going pretty much and um, working with existing software companies talking to them about the, the absolute fire that exists in their organization that is billing and, and all of the things that surround that and trying to make their lives easier. It's easier to go to existing software companies that have reached some scale because they've absolutely felt that pain and know they've got six engineers dedicated to fixing that fire over there in the corner that maybe they call a special project as someone told me earlier in this conference just because it sounds sexier as a problem to go and fix. Um, but conferences like this are good because they attract software companies that, Yeah, have reached some scale they themselves are looking for new customers. And the, the thing that's drawing loads and loads of people over to our, our booths and where face-to-face works really well is that they come to us for advice on how they should actually accelerate their growth and how should they be going to market next and whilst they know billings are paying for them right now, they know the, ne- the next step in their journey is moving up market or internationalizing for the first time. And they ask us for both advice on who's done that effectively and what do they do because we have all the data around it, yeah. but also hopefully we can provide them with the infrastructure to allow them to do so effectively as well. So it's really fun to speak to like scaling software businesses at an event like this, who are all obsessed on growth and continue to grow their businesses and are super excited about it and have this amazing buzz around the place, but then actually, enable people to actually execute upon all these great ideas that they come away from a conference like this at, I think it creates a really, really cool energy and, and the team really enjoy it.
2: Brilliant, I mean, with all the rich data that you're getting, which is the beauty of having a platform where mm-hmm. transactions, real transactions go through it, not just yeah. opinions. Yeah. Um, uh, with all of that data and with the knowledge you've got now of helping companies grow mm-hmm. and expand, um, are you tempted to, you know, create, maybe you've done it already, create big events or create communities? around Paddle, it, you know, is, that, is that part of your plan over the next year or two, to build that community piece out?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of benefits to community, both brand, allowing people to self-serve insight, as, as you're saying, but we're also thinking, and, and that will absolutely happen. Um, I don't know when, I won't let, I won't give you any ideas in case a VP success we've hired kills me. Um, <laughs> oh, that means it's coming soon. Thank no, you. No, no. Cheers, Harrison. But, uh, <laughs> but we, we absolutely do want to productize some of those suggestions as well. Like we have all the data on when we've seen companies internationalize, how much revenue were they getting out of a location before they localized the product in that region, and then what impact did it have on the revenue in that region having done, made that localization, for example. So there's no reason that we can't spot trends in that data and then serve up that insight or that suggestion to people within the product itself. And it might need some coaching or some people to talk to them about, how that's gonna work, how we're gonna showcase some the results and why it's a good thing. The ones who've done that three times and they've seen the impact we can have on their revenues, I'm sure they'll be eating up those suggestions like, like wildfire eventually. Um, so I think community, yes, but also actually building some of these suggestions and the ways in which we're driving revenue into the product, which is what I was talking about earlier in terms of some of the focus that we might have uh, moving forward. So
2: uh, if we look at the standard and poor 500, S&P 500, if you take the the 250 that internationalized earlier Mm -hmm. than the 250 that internationalized later, Mm -hmm. they grow 5% per annum faster and compounded that's 63% over 10 years. Would you agree that if we take US companies, for example, I know you're going the other way with some of your customers, would you agree that they very probably internationalized later than they should? Uh, And is that the case with European companies?
0: Yes, I think to start with the US, it's very interesting. So the US for us is a, a very large market if not the largest um, and they get to benefit from the luxury that they're existing in a huge market in their own right. They don't have to think about Europe until they're quite late in their journey but per your comments in doing so they grow a lot slower than everyone else. Um, I think one way we're encouraging to think about that earlier is by providing them with the infrastructure that they can just turn on like pricing in euros and accept a bunch of local payment methods in a region and um, because whether they like it or not european people are visiting their website that's just in dollars and are not paying in methods that they want and actually being help, helping them optimize for that traffic might help them see the opportunity a little bit earlier and um, that's kind of how we're thinking about that i guess and, um, and with
2: the us it's pretty you know it's pretty predictable that that would be the case because mm-hmm. they've got the bet the nicest market most homogenous very rich, Mm -hmm. uh, early adopter, all of those things. It's like a formula for actually uh, making that decision far too late in terms of optimization.
0: Yeah, agreed. Whereas Europeans, uh, particularly those coming out of some of the the smaller countries, obviously think about how am I going to sell more broadly than this much more much more quickly. An example that, that comes to mind is a company like Picon, which is obviously based out of Copenhagen. I know now I speak with their, one of their co-founders, Casper, all the time. He's gonna give me some advice on our, our New York expansion just next week. But I know they've got local sales teams all over the place and have done for a long time, and they're growing like crazy. Um, and they've known that they've had to optimize for this very early in their journey, and hopefully we can enable some other people to do so in the future uh, well.
2: I interviewed their, one of their founders and it's coming out soon, uh, not that founder. Phil, was it Phil? Yeah, it was He's Phil. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's coming out pretty soon, nice. like 40 minutes of SaaS. Recommended. Okay, <laughs> excellent, excellent. Actually, I'll ask you one more about about um, Paddle. What will that look like? Now you, you talk about, because obviously one of the best ways to increase your revenues is to enrich the product and have a super enterprise version, whatever you want to call it. Um, what will these kind of nudges or hints or access to uh, data, you know, are you going to give them access to content or are you going to give them contextual kind of nudges and, and nuggets, uh, snackable pieces of information based on uh, their behaviors and based on the data you've got mm-hmm. on all the other companies <laughs> using your platform? Mm-hmm. How, how might it look?
0: Yeah, I, I think the idea is that the latter. Right now we yeah. have a, account management team that I personally invested a lot of time in serving up these suggestions as people right now and they'll continue to do that and they'll continue to coach the the biggest customers or where there's the biggest areas for impact as individuals to, to these companies but certainly serving up these very actionable nuggets to software companies over and over again so that we constantly iterate and experiment our way towards success together.
2: Harrison you kind of hinted at it earlier but you know what are you not good at that you think you could get better at and that you're interested in improving?
0: Mm, So many things. (laughs) Um, In in your job. Yeah, I think I struggle with um, knowledge share sometimes and with certain individuals. I'm quite intense. Like I talk about things very quickly. I throw a lot of information at people very quickly. And some people have described like an onboarding experience of me as like the, one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen in their lives. It's just like, oh my God, this is so much information. I am so overwhelmed right now. And I think something I can get better at is actually, uh, I guess, communicating or trying to upskill, educate or share knowledge with people in ways that's mo- that are more easy for them to consume. Like I'm more than happy to sit in a room and talk about a topic for like, two hours, at a 1,000 miles an hour, <laughs> and then just assume that everyone learned all those things and will retain them forever without any slide deck or any takeaways or whatever. So,
2: so we could have talked for two hours and done a series. Yeah, so like, yeah, sold. Or, <laughs> <laughs> two more. Okay, I take got two more. On the other side, what's, what's the one thing, personal quality, that you feel has helped you be successful so young?
0: Um, I think a piece of advice I would give to others and I think I, I try and lean into a lot is that particularly as someone who's never done this before, like you have to be absolutely obsessed with and ferocious about learning. Like, unless you constantly are looking back on yourself six months ago and thinking, how on earth did I even function? What an idiot I was. You're probably not learning quickly enough. And I think, I hope it's a skill that I have and it's a, a skill that I'll continue to try and improve. But, like, you have to be able to ferociously learn at a faster rate than the company is growing. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to deliver it the service that y- you owe it, essentially, and, and you'll, you'll become replaced. And that, that's normal and that's okay too. but you have to learn quickly when you're growing at the rate that, that we have, and, and I'm sure some of your, your listeners are as well.
2: Okay, and that leads into the last question. I've changed it because of the answer you gave. Uh, given that you read ferociously and you're, and you're learning, give me a business book in the last 18 months that you've read, yeah, yeah. or audiobook audio book, whatever that you've loved.
0: Yeah, I, the one I, I, I normally reference here, and, and I might change it. The one that I normally reference is a book called Standout by Marcus Buckingham, which has really helped me understand some of my positive behaviors as a leader, but also some of my negative traits, and even being able to identify those and try and rectify them, I think's been really helpful for me, and that's where I've thought about maybe some of this learning stuff or, or how I might be perceived by, by others who are like, oh my God, this is so much, very fast. Um, so that's, that's a great one. The one I'm focused on right now is What Got You Here Won't Get You There, uh, which is recommended to me by an executive coach. Again, really, really helpful at talking to you about how how to get to that next level as a leader, I guess, and, and how to do the, the best job you possibly can for, for those beneath you and, and how that changes over time and the things you need to do, the way you need to behave um, is gonna evolve and, and that's okay, but trying to take you on that, on that journey a little bit.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, Harrison, your energy is uh, incredible. I'm sure anybody sitting around there that's listening to this can tell that you're absolutely driven and you're on, you're on, a, you're, you're on a, a, a fast journey. Thanks for sharing so much information in
0: such a short amount of time. (laughs) Appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's been great. Cheers. Thanks a lot.
1: And of course, we did a memorable and immensely popular interview with the CEO and co founder of Picon, Phil Chambers, in episodes 70 and 71 of 40 Minutes of SaaS. Have a listen to that if you haven't heard it so far. Next week, we have Eric Boduck, founder and VP of marketing and chief evangelist of Pendo, a product analytics platform that drives product adoption, customer loyalty, and innovation. You've been listening to 14 minutes of SaaS. Thank you to Ketsu for music provided under a Creative Commons license. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins, If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating.